Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to turn again, we'll finish chapter 4 in the book of Galatians, Paul's letter to the Christians in Turkey. The theme is Hagar and Sarah, from verse 21. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively For the woman represents two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother for it is written be glad O barren woman who bears no children break forth and cry aloud you who have no labor pains because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband now you brothers like Isaac are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way was persecuting the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. May God give us understanding of his word to us this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are again so thankful to be here with the measure of health that we can enjoy all of us got some issue or other due to the fall of mankind at the beginning of time when sin came into this world. We're all suffering the consequences. But you came to rescue us. You died on that cross so we could be forgiven of our sins and have a home in heaven when we die. Give us understanding of this, your word this morning. Make it plain understandable, build up the body of Christ. May we be tuned in and learn something new from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Title this message, 
no longer a slave, but free. We've been learning why the Apostle Paul had to write to the Christians in Turkey. This is in the way of review. They turned away from their simple faith, their simple trust in Jesus, to following the ideas of some false teachers who told those new believers in Christ not to believe Paul and they deceived these new Christians into believing and following their religious practices in order to be acceptable to God. Now knowing those new Christians believe those false teachers instead of the truth that he taught it must have broken Paul's heart because their attitude towards him had changed from when he was first with them, when he lived with them and presented the gospel to them at first. They willingly accepted the gospel message. Many became believers. A church was established. They believed the gospel message that he preached. That's always the wise thing to do. Amen. And when they became Christians, Paul considered them to be like his own children. But after Paul left, they shifted their allegiance to follow some legalistic false teachers. Consequently, those new believers in Christ lost their joy. They lost their joy because they were striving so hard to keep the law, which nobody can. It makes you miserable. It's not surprising they were miserable because that's what happens when people try and attempt to be holy by striving in their own strength to be perfect in God's eyes by what they do themselves. Like I said last week, the only way anyone can be perfect in God's eyes is to receive his perfect son, Jesus Christ, as their savior. Amen? When we receive Jesus Christ, and I hope that you have, we receive his righteousness. It's then that we are adopted into his family. And then we are accepted by the father. What father wouldn't accept his own children? In this letter, Paul tries to reason. He'd make a tremendous, better, better than Perry Mason. He'd make a much better lawyer than Perry Mason. He tries to reason with them, these beloved believers. He wants them to understand that by them choosing law over grace, what they were doing, they were choosing bondage over freedom that they once enjoyed when they first believed in Jesus. They were making that choice and it was the wrong choice. So Paul gives examples of grace versus law from the life of Abraham. In verse 21 through 23, he writes, Tell me, you who want to be under the law, 
Are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. But his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. Abraham's firstborn son, Ishmael, was a child of the flesh, born like the rest of us naturally from the slave girl, Hagar. However, Abraham's first wife, Sarah, she delivered a son, Isaac, who was born supernaturally. It was a supernatural birth because no woman has ever given birth at 90 years old. But she did. That's supernatural. Amen? One of God's promises to Abraham was that in his old age, his wife Sarah would conceive and bear him a child. And when Sarah heard that, she was listening inside the house, she, she laughed and God heard her. Because he hears everything, right? You can't keep anything from him. And who wouldn't be skeptical? Even Abraham in his old age. How can I? You know. <laughs> but he did. Thank God. And it was supernatural. She had a baby, Isaac. The child of promise at the age of 90. It's not too late for you, Doris. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Sarah's not here, so... So it is with believers in Jesus. We've been set free from the bondage of sin when we are born again through God's supernatural power. God did it all. We had nothing whatsoever to do with it. God did it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. Thank you, Billy Graham, for that word. Verse 28. Now then, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. We are children of promise. We're beneficiaries of the promise given to Abraham. Paul, when he was Saul, was a very and still was after conversion, a very devout Jew. He knew the Old Testament by heart and he followed it religiously before he became a Christian. This is part of his testimony in Philippians chapter 3, 5 and 6, those that take notes. This is what he said. If someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, Faultless, faultless. 
but he did it all in the flesh because he didn't have the Holy Spirit then, you see. The apostle knew from personal experience that it was foolish, futile, for anyone, no matter how religious or zealous they may be, how good they are, how much good they have done, no matter how hard they try, hope and strive to try to keep the Mosaic law, it can never make people acceptable to God. Because all the natural efforts of man is of the flesh. Like Ishmael. It's carnal. Who was born into slavery. Anything of the flesh of man has nothing to do with God's supernatural spiritual power. Has nothing to do with it whatsoever. And if we've learned nothing else from this letter, we must understand that without the aid of the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to keep God's law. Without being filled with the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to keep God's law. Without receiving the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, it is impossible to keep God's law. Paul continues to use the life of Abraham as an example, illustration, regarding his children to illustrate the difference between the flesh and the spirit. The Holy Spirit. Verse 29. At that time, the son... I'm going to ask you a question in a second or two. At that time, the son born according to the flesh... Who's that? Ishmael. Correct. Persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. Who's that? Who's he talking about? Isaac. God used Abraham's wife, Sarah, who didn't want Ishmael to share in her son Isaac's inheritance. He was born of a slave woman, born of the flesh, and he persecuted Isaac. Don't, don't explain what happened. He was picking on him, mocking him for some reason. Sarah knew about it. She told Abraham, get rid of him. Get rid of him or else. You ever try to incur the wrath of your wife? Somebody gave me good advice before I get married. All you have to say is, yes, dear. Of course, my wife knows I've got a thicker head than that. So she demanded, Sarah demanded that Abraham cast out Ishmael and the slave girl, Hagar, his mother. This was a very hard decision for Abraham to do because he loved Ishmael. 
and I'm sure he doesn't say, but he probably loved Hagar as well. It was a hard decision, but God had a plan behind it, and God told, you can look it up in Genesis 12, he said, listen to your wife. Do what she tells you to do. Good advice, gentlemen. Listen to your wife. So she did. So he did. It was a hard decision. But he assured him, God did, assured Abraham that he would take care of them. Which he did. Amen? Because God always keeps his promises. Always. I don't know how many promises there are in the word of God. That would be an interesting study, wouldn't they find out? Innumerable. Innumerable. So the example Paul uses to get his point across, he wasn't saying that the slave girl Hagar's son Ishmael was in any way inferior or better than Sarah's son Isaac. He wasn't saying that Hagar was inferior to Sarah. But what he wanted to emphasize, that God's true spiritual children are born free. Isaac was born free. Ishmael was born a slave of the slave girl, Hagar. Just like Isaac, who was born free, as a result of God's covenant promise to Abraham's wife, Sarah. Like I said, recorded in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham and Sarah that they would have a son and that all the nations of the world would be blessed through him, Isaac, and his father, Abraham. That blessing includes us. Are you blessed? Do you feel blessed? Are you blessed? I know you are. It's a rhetorical question. We are blessed because of our faith in Jesus Christ. We are born free once we are born again. That covenant relationship between Abraham and Sarah to be blessed was because that God chose them to be blessed with promised son, Isaac. God chose us to be blessed. Amen? And we are, because he's chosen us. We are the chosen few. Right? Look. Not everyone, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. He knows those who are his, and by their fruits you shall know them, Jesus said, quote, unquote. All those who believe in God's Son, no matter in what generation, are blessed, regardless of the circumstances. Yes, we're going to suffer. Look at the... Are the disciples suffered? Look how Jesus suffered. Should we be any different? Being believers in Christ? We're very blessed to be living in this country compared to living in Afghanistan. With those Christians in Afghanistan that have come to know Christ, 
we are very, very blessed. But they're blessed regardless of the circumstances because they can only kill the body. They cannot kill our, our spirit. They cannot kill God's spirit who lives within us. We're blessed in every generation since Christ died, was buried, rose again, and ascended into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. All believers since then have been blessed, are blessed, and will be blessed because of God's grace, because of God's grace through faith in God's beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Let's conclude. So then, being declared righteous, which we are, being declared righteous. We're not righteous naturally. We are declared righteous when we receive Christ's righteousness through faith. Being declared righteousness has nothing, repeat, nothing to do with keeping the Old Testament law that came along 430 years after Abraham died. Abraham was justified by faith before the law was ever given to Moses. Anyone, including Christians, like those Galatians believers, that attempt to maintain their salvation by putting themselves under the law only make themselves a slave to the law. Hagar was a slave. Her son Ishmael, a son of the flesh. They were not part of God's covenant promise given to Abraham through believing faith in God's promises. But now, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we are no longer slaves to sin. We've been set free. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed, Jesus said. We're no longer slaves to sin. When we choose to sin, we put ourselves under the law. We've been set free from its bondage. Because of what Jesus did on that cross, mm -hmm. we are beneficiaries of the covenant promise God made with Abraham. We're no longer, we were at one time, but now we are no longer under the condemnation of the law of sin and death. Because we've been adopted into God's family and declared righteous in his sight, having received the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ, by faith. Amen? Let me finish reading from Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. 
But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Amen. That's our present condition in Christ. No longer slaves to sin. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are so blessed, not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it, not because we are good, not because of the good we may have done, your word says all our righteousness is just like a filthy rag compared to the holy, pure righteousness of Jesus Christ, who is God. And when we receive him, we receive your righteousness. We are no longer under condemnation. We have been set free from the law of sin and death. And our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we are so blessed, even though we will suffer in this world. That's part of the course. That's the consequences of when sin came in. But one day we'll get a new body in a new heaven and a new earth and we'll, we'll be set free from this body of sin and death. Until that time happens, may we be faithful. May we not fall back and align ourselves to the bondage of the law. It's only through being filled by your Holy Spirit, being led by your Holy Spirit, can we keep your commandments. We, can, we cannot do it in any other way, in our own strength, in our own flesh, which is opposed to your spirit. Just, they just don't get along. It's the difference between oil and water. They just don't mix and they never will. Some of you may be listening to this message, wherever you are, you need to be saved, if you're not already. All you need to do is believe Jesus died for your sins on the cross because you're a sinner, that he suffered and died in your place, so you wouldn't have to be punished for your sins. If you call upon his name to save you and truly believe in your heart, that he rose again from the dead and is alive, then he can give you eternal life and freedom from the bondage of sin. It would be very wise of you if you made that choice. Because if you reject Jesus, whom God sent, then God will reject you come judgment day. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in.
You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.